The SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. Shady Rays is having their best deal of the year. Go to Shady Rays and use code SGPN for 50% off two pairs of polarized sunglasses. All right, everybody. We were having a little delay on that one, but here we are. I am Emerson Beer. I am joined by Justin Bruni. We are kicking it off with a Superflex Dynasty Rookie Mock Draft today. How you doing, my friend? Doing good. Doing good, sir. Feeling good after the NFL draft. Uh, my Chicago Bears went to work. They had themselves a nice collection of picks. Very happy with what they uh, walked away from the draft with. Uh, excited to you know continue through the offseason here. Let's uh, Let's keep the wheels up. I, I, I'm a little deflated. I'll be honest with you. This is like, no. if you, if you accumulated 2023 picks, like in dynasty leagues, like you, they were going out of style. Like you have five or six of right. them, like, you know, and you sold out and you, and you know, this was like going to be your big way. Like I'm going to get all these rookie picks. It's going to be like 2020 and like with Joe Burrow and all these guys going in the late Joe's Justin Herbert in the late first, all these guys, Justin Jefferson. Um, this, this is your Hindenburg. I think, you know, this, this is a disaster. You know, this, this couldn't have gone anywhere. The, the blimp is on fire and it's crashing. Uh, that's awesome. There's, there's bodies everywhere, unfortunately. So, so you're not happy. Emerson. No, no, this is horrible. This is a disaster. This, this couldn't have gone any worse if, for fantasy what football. Was, what was the, like the, the first pick that made you feel that way that you were just like, it's over. Call it. <laughs> I'm done. You know, it, it was that it? it was, Zach Charbonnet to the Seattle Seahawks, and it just it, and it spiraled and it spiraled from there. No, no, not strong draft capital for a lot of these running backs. The wide right. receivers that we thought we had pegged to go early, like Marvin Mims, some of these other guys, Josh Downs, mm-hmm. were drafted over by guys like Jonathan Mingo, Rashi Rice, guys we see, Jaden Reed, guys we know we we like, but we saw big holes in their game. We already knew this, so. Mm. To get these kind of muddied waters ahead of fantasy rookie drafts here coming up, I have a lot starting tomorrow. It's a little unsettling. I just don't see a lot of – I know we were expecting a lot of game changers in this class. It's deep. You know, if this is your class, you're looking for eight PPR points and a wide – you know, eight PPR points from your wide receiver, you know, eight from your running back. This is your class. There's a lot of depth. <laughs> but other than that, I just don't – if you don't have a top five pick or top six pick and super flex draft, I don't, I don't see what it is to get excited about. Yeah, I was I was, was going to say like if you're not walking away with you know I would say a, probably a top six or seven pick yeah in superflex you're you're not going to be having that much fun with yourself I think that there are definitely you know some some values to take away from the later part of the first and the you know early uh, portions of the second round but right now today as as we are you know b- jumping into our rookie drafts most likely you're not going to have enough information to to base that off of but I do see some clear paths to production and volume for some key names in the second round yeah i it's like i said i was just so disappointed you know i have a couple like i have like you know i'm in 25 dynasty leagues i'm in a ton you know so Mm -hmm. i but there so there was a couple leagues like i did you know i had that strategy i accumulated like four or five uh, first round picks and you know what and i thought Mm -hmm. i was just going to be able to load up compete right away you know i don't think that's going to be the case um yeah like i said after the one after the first round picks after the first round picks are drafted i think 
rookie draft should be very, very interesting. I think there's a lot of value to be had. I think, like we were talking mm -hmm. about before the show, a lot of these rankings are going to be really bad, not very updated. If you're not super plugged in and, you, and you're drafting with a lot of people who are probably just going off rookie draft rankings on Fantasy Pros, you can get definitely get a leg up on them. But with that, we'll dive in here to our Dynasty Fantasy Football rookie draft. We know we didn't talk about this before the show. Do you do you want to tell the people why you're drafting Bijan Robinson at the first spot, or should I tell the people why I'm drafting Bijan Robinson at the first spot? You 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 go right ahead. I mean, we've done these mocks now three <laughs> or four times, so it's you know kind of like beating the dead horse. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah. So Bijan Robinson, you know, I, I always like to just do it, just break him down a little bit, just for the people who maybe, maybe this is it. They, they've been procrastinating on their dynasty coverage. They're jumping into it for the first time, really. So Bijan Robinson, obviously the complete package. He, you know, if we were ranking prospects over the last decade, he probably ranked just behind Ezekiel Elliott and Saquon Barkley for me. His 104 forced tackles missed in 2022 were the most since the stats been recorded. Outstanding vision, explosive, great athlete, you know, terrific pass catcher. Didn't didn't get, you know, he didn't really explode in passing numbers in college, but when you watched him, his runner's routes, very crisp, very smart runner. So, you know, there's there's really not a lot to these good pass blocker. There's really not a lot to criticize about Bijan Robinson's game. You know, obviously the draft, you know, Atlanta Falcons is the perfect lane. Okay. And by the way, I, one thing I forgot to mention to you about the Hindenburg, this has something to do with it. I forget, I should have told you that this was the first disaster pick. I love this for Bijan Robinson. Bijan Robinson's my dynasty RB1. He's locked into volume. Do you know what this this is a this is the Hindenburg disaster for Kyle Pitts and Drake London fantasy football managers? This is well, this I, is a I think also not having like a, a, a top quarterback I, I, you know plays into that, right? Like yes. you either go ahead and attack the quarterback position at that draft slot or you pull in somebody that you can give 300-plus touches to to be your quarterback and your running back, essentially, Bijan Robinson. I mean, this is so disappointing for them, you know what I mean, for them not to get a quarterback. They appear to be rolling with Desmond Ritter. And I think now, this helps Desmond Ritter, though. I think I think I it mean, does. Yeah. I think for, it definitely for, pulls up his floor. Like, if he had a low floor, it's definitely higher than it was, you know, four or five days ago. In the sense that it helps the overall offense, I agree with that. You know, I just don't see how – with Bijan Robinson getting all these touches, asking Kyle Pitts and Drake London to be anything but boom and bust this year is going to be oh, yeah. asking a lot. Maybe, maybe yeah. you know, I, the most likely, you know, for one, I think would be maybe Kyle Pitts taking over, just being a dominant in the target share, just being a little bit more of an underneath threat for mm -hmm. Desmond Ritter. But I mean, I could see it probably just them both kind of cannibalizing each other. Like I said, wheels up for Bijan Robinson, but that was some of my takeaways from it. Who are you going with number two? Number two, uh, we're going with quarterback, and I'm still on the C.J. Stroud train. I'm going with the most balanced and most week one ready NFL quarterback in this class, and that, to me, uh, is going to be C.J. Stroud. I don't love the landing spot, you know, the, the Texans over Carolina. I think Carolina is definitely more set up uh, for a quicker turnaround right now, and I would have loved to see C.J. Stroud go number one. Carolina, they say Bryce Young's the guy. All right, no problem. He's, you know. You know, no slouch. He's my next pick right after C.J. Stroud. I don't hate him too much, but I do think that C.J. Stroud is the better option here. Uh, better long term option. Obviously, a, a bigger build. Going to be able to take a couple of more hits in the pocket. And that's what he is, right? He's he's a stand in the in the pocket type of quarterback, but he does have some good legs. He can run. I'm interested to see what he's going to do with those weapons down there. Uh, but firmly for me, my second my second um, player off the board in a super flex format is C.J. Stroud. He's definitely the safest pick, in my opinion. You know, I think, you know, we've got – we were all turned around. You know, we heard a recent uh, analysis suggesting that Will Levis could be the second pick. 
in the draft, but it was CJ Stroud. It appeared to be all second pick around two. Yes, exactly. So CJ Stroud, second pick, like we thought all along. Um, you know, I th- yeah, there's not a lot to crit- you know, CJ Stroud has, you know, although he wasn't a strong rusher in college, he wasn't really asked to run. You have Marvin Harrison Jr., Jackson Smith, Jigba, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. We saw in the Georgia game when he win those wide receivers, when he didn't have those wide receivers, him step up that rushing production. Three to five hundred yards, I think, could be within his range of outcomes. Um, you know, and that that certainly will elevate his fantasy production. I don't see him being a significant threat out there with his legs or anything like that. He's a little bit say not not a flashy throw or anything like that. Makes the smart throws, limits his mm-hmm. mistakes. You know, considering like that, he might not have supreme upside of one quarterback formats, but in one two, I absolutely in superflex formats that if he settles into that quarterback ten to fifteen range, that's absolutely fine. That you know that's very valuable in superflex league. So I understand that. Um, before I jump into the third pick in this rookie map, I just want to give one more shout out to our friends Shady Rays. They have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear as well. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. With Shady Rays, you can look good and feel good to date. They have donated over 20 million meals to fight hunger for feeding America as well. Exclusively for our listeners too, Shady Rays is giving our best deal of the year. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code SGPN for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. With that, I'm going to take the player that I would have actually taken with the one, two. It hasn't been a player mentioned yet. I am going out on a limb. I am taking Anthony Richardson with the one, three. I would take him at the first. He's my quarterback one in Superflex and in one quarterback formats. I've moved it. If an NFL team is willing to win, if a general manager is willing to risk their job, millions of dollars they're making on Anthony Richardson on a top five pick, I'm willing to take that chance on my dynasty leagues. We saw, we saw guys who with high ceilings in the past, in the past few years, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert. These guys were not popular picks among the fantasy community. We, we thought we saw these guys as, are you, you look what these guys didn't call, you know, especially like Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, for example, we saw huge, what we saw was huge flaws perceived in their passing game. We didn't think they could do it at the next level. Really. Um, Justin Herbert, you know, had a lackluster final season at Oregon. So, you know, you just see these guys with these super high ceilings. And of course we've seen it not work out, but considering that we see a 50% hit rate on quarterbacks anyway, why not take the big swing on somebody like mm-hmm. Anthony Richardson, who could be the cute quarterback over one, one overall in fantasy football leagues. He has that kind of potential. He could rush for a thousand yards in a season. It wouldn't surprise anyway. The most athletic player to ever test at the NFL combine. Yeah. He just, you know, he, his physical, you know, it's hard, it's hard not, you know, I just can't resist not taking a swing on that upside. I think, like I said, you know, and I just needed to see that draft capital to prove it to me. So that top five landing with the Indianapolis Colts, Michael Pittman, Josh Downs now on the outside, I think there's a lot to like there. Jonathan Taylor in the backfield too. That's going to be a dangerous RPO right there. Jonathan Taylor and mm-hmm. Anthony Richardson. Jim Ursay already said he expects Anthony Richardson to start this season. So he would be – he's wow. my quarterback one. Wow. So that, that's, that's, where, that's where I would go. I, I, I love the uh, the stand you're taking there. I would still probably go Bryce Young, and I am not a Bryce Young uh, pusher. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not putting that on the kids in the, uh, in the fantasy streets necessarily. 
but I love it. I, I really do because you're just chasing the potential best upside of these three quarterbacks. So I really can't look down on it whatsoever. I am still a little bit more skeptical if he is going to start week one. I still feel like Gardner Minshew has a lot of experience and Anthony Richardson's game is very, very raw. Now, that's not to say that he actually won't get on the field. I could definitely see him not starting week one and still getting out there in some some RPO packages, like you had mentioned, getting that little that Trey Lance love a little bit. We saw Patrick Mahomes toted out a few times, like four or five plays his rookie season. The kid's only 20 years old right today. I think he'll be 21 um, you know, throughout the season. So I don't think there's a there should be a necessary rush to get him on the field. But I feel like, yeah, if you do see a team like this, like the Colts, like you mentioned, top five pick, making that commitment, you really shouldn't be all that concerned. And if you're already hearing that from their GM that, oh, he's going to start week one, even if he doesn't, at least they know that, you know, Minshew would be on the shortest of shortest leashes, right? Like there would be so little breathing room for him, one, two mistakes, and he could be out of there. So I think it's a very good situation. Um, I don't really love the Josh Downs pick just to be just to be full frontal here. Um, I'm more of an Alec, Alec Pierce truther, so. Uh, you know, I think uh, there's some dangerous weapons. They provided him with some dangerous weapons. I like that. By the way, he, J- Jim Irsay did say he would be a starter this season, not week one. Oh, this, okay. this My season, bad. he said My he'd bad. be a starter. So, well, you know, for Dynasty Fantasy Football League, like I said, oh, that, you know, if my dog scratching her collar, if you're hearing a little feedback right now, my good. bulldogs like to hang out with me and they get a little restless during these podcasts. But, um, oh, and see, now they're they're rolling around trying to get my attention. So, goodness gracious. See, the, the you animals. can see my belly, can't you? You can see my belly. It ain't going to yeah. pet itself, son. Yeah, they're just having a time over there. So, <laughs> it, um, yeah, that, that, so I'm being aggressive. I'm taking yeah. Anthony Richardson. So, it sounds like for the fourth spot, you're going to go Bryce Young. Yeah, I'm going to go Bryce Young. And, like, I know I knock him because of his size. Um, and, and really just overall, I think there's just the hype is too much. Like, and here's and here's my big thing is is that when I speak to people in the fantasy community, no one, no one tells me, oh yeah, he's gonna run the ball. They say, oh he's he's a passer. He doesn't need to run. He's not gonna run for his life. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, the guy can move his feet. Like he's fast. He has great pocket awareness. He can get in and out. He can roll out and make passes. Like, I I don't feel like the fantasy community is like at an agreement about him because people say like, oh, his passing ability alone is going to be enough to keep him on the field. Like I see him as a dual threat QB. And that to me is also the risk with taking him because he looks like if he takes one good clean hit, he won't just be out of play. He'll be out a season. He'll be out weeks, whatever, a month. Like, and I'm not saying like this is just like the overriding reason not to select him or to take some other quarterback over him. I just feel like it's a it should be a huge concern or at least a warning sign for people when you just look around the league. If you look at Kyler Murray's rookie season, he was literally running for his life. He was diving to the ground 14, 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage. He was just going down to save his body. He didn't want to get hurt. This is a similar scenario, I feel like. And I do expect him to start week one. I don't see Andy Dalton being, you know, a, a, a block in the path to him being a week one starter. So he's going to go out there and he's going to get some raw experience right away. And again, I'm spending a top four pick on him, right? So yeah, I do I, believe in him. I do believe he has that ceiling. I just feel like this is the option that could come crumbling down the fastest, potentially the fastest. Yeah. I have this is where I have him. I have him as my quarterback three, despite being the first overall pick. You're right. He is athletic, but he is not. He's more in the sense that he's going to be mobile in the pocket. You know, he's going to extend that pocket. 
maybe some chain moving ability, but he does not have the frame that he that they're going to ask him to be rushing the ball. You know, he's not going to have any design runs. I I, I promise that there's going to be at least very few. He's he's going to be I pro, probably diving. You know, before players tackle him. I just think that he, considering his frame, we are asking him to carry his fantasy production all pretty much right. all with his arm. And that's mm-hmm. a that's a concern for me, you know. So that, just, that point you made just right there, that point you just made right there, because I I, mm-hmm. I want to kind of cover this a little bit. That does that means that he is not going into a workload similar to Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields, three quarterbacks who all get what run first play designs, and that is what people are selling me on. Is Bryce Young is the next. Jalen Hurts, look what Jalen Hurts just did this year with the Eagles. Oh my gosh, it's so crazy. Bryce Young is going to be even better than that. Look at what Lamar Jackson does. Bryce Young is a way better passer than Lamar Jackson ever is or ever will be. And now with his legs, that's, that's what that's what I'm going with here is that people say he's the cheat code. I don't think so. I don't agree. Now, yeah, I, I mean, I, yes, I agree with that sentiment that, it, yeah, he's, it, it's going to be minimal rushing production. So when you look at the top end fantasy producers, it's Patrick Mahomes. If you're not Patrick Mahomes or Justin Herbert level passer, you're not pushing 5,000 yards. You're not pushing 35 plus touchdown passes. You aren't going to finish as a top six or seven or eight fantasy quarterback. So if Bryce Young is another guy who settles into that quarterback 10 to 15 range, mm-hmm. somebody I'm fading, fading in one quarterback formats. And I would rather also take CJ Stroud, the safer pick at that, you know, as well, who might add a little bit more with his legs at the NFL level, in my opinion, too. So I, I agree he's the fourth pick here, but that's that's just the reasons why he's the first overall pick in the NFL draft, but the fourth mm-hmm. pick in this fantasy football rookie draft. Um, so I will dive into my fifth pick here and I'm gonna take Jameer Gibbs. I had my doubts. I, you know, I didn't know what to think about it. Uh however. You know, the draft capital, I mean, if the Lions are willing to take him at the 12th spot, throw throw positional advantage and, you know, you know, common sense knowledge about drafting a running back in the first round, throw it out the window. We don't care. We're going to draft Jameer Gibbs despite having DeAndre Swift on a rookie contract. I, okay. You know, so if they're willing to do that and then immediately trade DeAndre Swift out, that, yeah, absolutely. Sign me up for Jameer Gibbs. Then maybe this is the, we were going to finally see what we wanted from DeAndre Swift the last couple of years. Outstanding athlete. Mm-hmm. Didn't never took on a, didn't have a super uh, full workload most of his career, but, you know, because, just because of his size, sub 200 pounds, smaller frame. However, we saw at Alabama last year him take on a little bit of a larger rushing workload, 44 receptions, 444 yards last year at Alabama. So, uh, very strong receiver. So, going to be very good in PPR leagues. He's already, a, he's probably right, he's right on that dynasty RB1 cusp for, for me already. I need thousand to, percent. I need to sit uh, sit down and look at my rankings already. But, yeah, when we look at first-round picks running backs over the last couple of years, I mean, it is usually a hit. So I'm I'm very comfortable selecting uh, Jameer Gibbs very early. And, yeah, I was just concerned about what, what his what, about his size and maybe his fantasy consistency. But, yes, if Detroit's willing to take him at the 12 spot, once again, you know, these, million, these general managers have these million-dollar jobs. I let draft capital dictate a lot of what I'm doing. So Jameer Gibbs for me at the fifth spot. I don't know. I felt like the draft room, the war room there for the Lions also felt like it was kind of cringy. I felt like there was uh, some fake reactions built in. I don't know. That, that was maybe just me. Some, maybe some disagreement. I, I wasn't buying it. Yeah, I, I wasn't buying it. Uh, Campbell was getting like really excited and it looked like the rest of the, the room was excited as well, but maybe not to his level. And then he starts, you know, kind of banging hands on on tables and then people start getting up and you know, 
getting all excited. I was like, I don't know, that little oomph that you just did there. I haven't seen that since like, you know, early 90s tape aerobics. So I, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm not I'm not buying it. Uh, I love the pick. I, I, I did call that the Lions would trade DeAndre Swift. I was thinking it would happen on draft night, not necessarily the next day, but that's all good. Um, so I was not surprised whatsoever. I mean, there was even talk about them going after Bijan at six. So going with Gibbs and at 12 and making some moves and getting a little bit more draft capital, uh, I'm not against it whatsoever. Love the situation for him. It's going to be wheels up. You know, I'm a, I'm a Bears fan, so I got a lot of sentiment to uh, David Montgomery, but he, it's, it's not even going to be close. Montgomery was a little bit closer to Swift based off of like injuries and just lack of usage in the offense. When you're getting a, uh, I'm sorry, a running back, I was about to say quarterback, running back at pick 12, dude's coming in to touch the ball. Believe that. Montgomery may limit some of his touchdown exposure, but understand this. Jameer Gibbs is going to touch the ball a ton in this offense. We've already seen early early movement in the player market losing Jamison Williams, right? Six-game suspension. This is going to heighten up both of those running backs right out of the gate. You're going to see Jameer Gibbs probably getting a lot of PPR usage. It should be uh, it should be pretty fun, especially, like I said, that first handful of weeks when they're missing a top receiver. Agreed. Yeah, I, I'm definitely – I was just – I was actually taking Jackson Smith and Jigba ahead of Gibbs these last couple of weeks, but the NFL draft did change uh, that for me. Yeah. Before, before I kick it over to you for the sixth pick, I'm just going to tell you about our friends over at Underdog Fantasy really quick. We are brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania 4 is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. So start drafting your teams. Plus, there are plenty of ways to win NBA, NHL, and MLB with their player prop parlays. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Thank you for also uh, thank you for watching everyone. And I just want to say that if you are still watching at this point, uh, we would really appreciate you kicking it, maybe kicking it over to YouTube or Apple or Spotify just for a second, giving us a review, rating, a like, wherever you may be. We would really appreciate a follow on Twitter. So thank you so much. I really appreciate y'all joining us at this point. And I will kick it off with Justin Bruni at the sixth spot. Going JSM, baby. Jackson Smith and Jigba, still the best receiver in this class, in my opinion. I know that the landing spot may not be picture perfect for getting production, getting a high uh, volume of targets. Obviously, Seattle, they still have DK Metcalf. They still have Tyler Lockett. And they just added Zach Charbonnet to that backfield, making you know at least the feeling feel a little bit more questionable. Like, are they going to be a passing team? Are they going to be a run-heavy team? I personally still feel like they're going to pass the ball a lot. Geno Smith was an incredibly accurate quarterback last season. And adding Jackson Smith and Jigba to this receiver room really puts their passing game over the top. I do love the depth that they, that they have now at running back, adding Charbonnet behind Ken Walker, two really good young running backs to support you know a veteran QB. I think that's excellent. But, you know, with Jackson Smith and Jigba, I just feel like he's going to be in a great opportunity to, you know, not get any type of elite coverage from opposing defenses, really being able to draw him up in space and really just create plays for him because you have two technicians in DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett playing, you know, on the outside of him. So it, it's a very good situation for Jackson Smith and Jigba, in my opinion. I think that right away people may not interpret it as such because of the depth on the team, but I think it is a good spot for him overall long term. Uh, yeah, that's I would agree with that. It's a good spot long term. I just this this offense. I love the offense. The offense is very crowded though. Um, 
we'll kick it over to Randall really quickly. How do you guys plan on drafting? Oh, wait a minute. Okay. All right. I'll get to you in one second after I, I do uh, Jackson Smith and the Jupiter really quick. Um, so I just, I love it for, I love it for the Seattle offense. I don't love it for about anything other than that. It's just it, for fantasy purposes. This is so crowded at this point, you know, we'll get mm-hmm. to Zach Charbonnet, I'm sure, but obviously he's a big follower, but in 2023 rankings, I think you're going to see Jack Smith and Ijigba be obviously a little bit hit and miss, maybe a good, better, best ball target in underdog fantasy drafts, for example. But yes, Tyler Lockett could be gone as early as next season. So he could, he's going to be paired right along with DK Metcalf. They complement each other well. Geno Smith, although he's he had a great year last year, I question whether he's going to be able to keep all these guys fantasy relevant this year, but he's still mm-hmm. the sixth pick for me in Dynasty Leagues for sure. He's fallen back a little bit in my 2023 rankings, you know, compared to post-draft, still a great spot. But, yeah, Seattle offense is going to be so exciting. It's just there's so many good players. Let's hope that we get a few at least fantasy consistent contributors as well. well think, of it, think of it like this. Everyone said DK Metcalf could only run straight routes, right? Look what Pete Carroll was able to do with DK Metcalf of all wide receivers, right? If he can figure it out with a big-body guy like that, he can certainly figure it out with a Jackson Smith and Jigba. Look what he's done with Tyler Lockett out of the slot. Like, I, I feel like we should have a lot of faith in this system. Um, I feel like because Geno Smith is there, he's not an Aaron Rodgers. He's not a Tom Brady. He doesn't have that necessarily, you know, fantasy or media clout. I feel like people are going to continue to discount this team. But I feel like because of the depth that they have, I feel like this team and this offense is going to be in the red zone a lot. And, yeah, you may not be able to pick which person or what player is going to have the most volume but I feel like the the wheels are going to be moving for this offense. Like they're going to be putting up points. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I'm going to see some touchdowns for sure. All right, I'll, I'll jump back to Randall really quick. How do you guys plan on drafting Roshan Johnson? Ha, huh? would he slot in after the Rashad White James Conner tear? He would have slide in behind Rashad White, but ahead of James Conner for me. Yeah. Um, I, I'm actually going to tell you. I'm 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 going to tell you why. Rashad Roshan Johnson is just fine. And I'm, I'm redraft, you know, if Justin Bruni doesn't He's take more him, than you could see, you could be seeing him come up here in a few spots, actually. So stay tuned in. Um, I'm going to I'll recap those first uh, six picks for us here. Bijan Robinson obviously kicked it off at number one. CJ Stroud, number two. Anthony Richardson at the third, third spot. Bryce Young, number four. Jameer Gibbs at five. And Jackson Smith, Najigba at six in this rookie mock draft. Going into number seven, this is where it gets a little dicey for me. That was a strong tier break. We t- I, This was the tier break I was talking about. This You wanted a top six pick. Now we are left looking, I believe. First place I'm looking is the remaining of these first-round wide receivers. I am going to go with Quentin Johnston here. Really? No. I got to hear this. I got to hear this. I'm going to go with Quentin Johnston here. You know, I've been going back okay. and forth between him and Jordan Addison. Yeah. Um, Jordan, I'll – I'll tell you why I didn't go Jordan Addison here. Jordan Addison is, I I, I do think if we're, if we're going the safer route, the safer route, if, we're, if our goal is to get 10 PPR points, 12 PPR points, I think you go Jordan Addison here. But mm-hmm. I just don't see the upside in that offense with Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson. He's a very, very good player. With those two guys kind of getting that just the kind of the softer coverage a little bit, I see him more as a wide receiver, you know, at best, borderline wide receiver two, kind of more as a wide receiver three, fitting mm-hmm. in these next few years, at least paired with. So um, when I'm looking at these three-year windows, that's how I compare it. When I see Quentin Johnston going to the Los Angeles Chargers with Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, 
looking to they you know on their way out potentially by next season they, they're probably going to miss some time this year too one if not both of them at the same time mm-hmm. i love the quentin johnson paired with justin herbert for the long term here he has this the frame that a lot of these wide receivers lack in this class although mm-hmm. he didn't blow anybody away with his speed at the pro day i think he shows a little as a little faster on tape so contested catches are a little bit of an issue. He needs to play to his size, but I am definitely excited about the potential and the landing spot. I'm going to go with another upside pick here, although I understand why you would go Jordan Addison, the safer route. Yeah, yeah for me, I, it's just a clear path to snaps and, and targets year one. Uh, when I'm looking at Johnston, yeah, I mean, long-term he could be the better guy, but I also believe that that Chargers offense and roster could go through some evolution here pretty quickly, and it may not be for the better. Uh, you could see Austin Eckler on his way out the door. You could see Keenan Allen on his way out the door. And I just don't know if I would trust, you know, a Johnston and Mike Williams without knowing what that running back situation is going to be like. We saw that offense struggle a little bit last year. And I just feel like Addison, like I said, he just has a clearer path to snaps and targets. Do Now, when I'm looking at their touchdown exposure between the two, yeah, Quentin Johnson is definitely the guy that's going to score more touchdowns in his career. When you're looking at that offense for the Vikings and you see Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson, and you know at least today right now they still have Dalvin Cook, but that obviously could change. I just feel like you're not going to get a ton of looks in the red zone, especially with his size and his frame, but I feel like they're very, very hungry for a lower A dot you know, wide receiver target with speed, you know, with some precision in his route running. Uh, I, I I love this landing spot for Addison. I, I don't know if it could have gone any better. I felt like between him and um, like Zay Flowers, they could have, they, I believe they went back to back in their picks. It could have gone either way. So I felt like whoever went to the Vikings was certainly going to be in a much better scenario here. So personally, I would go Addison there. He's my next pick, but also in the same breath, I had Johnston coming off the board one pick after him. So we're, we're kind of splitting hairs here. You know, I, I, you, you see, you like, you like the overall offense. You know, you're talking about Justin yep. Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson. So you, you're talking about how losing Keenan Allen and Mike Williams would be bad, kind of for Quentin Johnson. So mm-hmm. I see you're looking at it from like the overall, maybe the offense struggles a bit more. But I just see if if Quentin Johnson is very good, you know, let's just you know, let's say he does figure it out. I see just a very high, much higher end outcome. You could see him being the dominant wide receiver one for the Los Angeles Chargers, where that it won't be in the range of outcomes for Jordan Addison. That is not in the range of outcomes for Jordan Addison. That is correct. <laughs> so that, that I'm like I said, I the same thing with the Anthony, Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young. I understand if you're going for the safer route. I'm going to go with the mm-hmm. upside though. I so. I well, you know, you gave you gave your seventh. Or you gave your. Oh, I can uh, I can give you the next pick. It's actually not Quentin Johnson. It's uh, Luke Van Ness's dad. He's got that dog in him. <laughs> if anyone so, saw that clip of him smacking his son's uh, girlfriend's ass? Oh, oh, geez, I did not see that. My God, oh, you didn't. Oh, you didn't get that reference. You didn't get the Luke. I didn't Luke get Van the reference. dad reference. Jeez, what, what what's going yeah. on here? My God, Luke Van Ness got drafted by the Packers, and then like his entire entourage ensued to climb all over him. It was like one of the most cringiest draft videos I've seen. I mean. Like, you know, Henry Ruggs wiping his phone back from his girlfriend, his second hoe phone back from his girlfriend. That was hilarious. That was fantastic. This was absolutely cringy. Like one of his buddies like jumped on him. He's like blocking the whole ESPN camera. And then someone's like pulling him off. And then right after that, you can't tell like who's his sister, who's his girlfriend. By the way, his girlfriend is Cole Komet's uh, sister. Uh, Cole Komet's sister gets up, hugs dad, and dad's like, yeah, bam. (laughs) God damn. All he, right. He, he well, lays hey, one on her. 
it, Eli's on it, on da- it. Dangerous. Dangerous. <laughs> so, but I, yes, I took, with the with the eighth pick, we have Quentin Johnston. <laughs> I, I took Quentin Johnston. You're taking Jordan Addison. Same thing. Whatever. <laughs> so that that's it. You're you taking Jordan Addison with the eighth pick. I took Quentin Johnston with the seventh pick. And well, now, I wrote it differently. I had Johnson at seven and Addison at eight, so I had to flip it on my paper here. All right, so you gave you gave your eighth pick. You you gave your eighth pick, Jordan Addison. You already broke it down, so I'll go right back at number nine here. Man, I this is a con- yeah. I, I'm going to go with Zay Flowers here. I can't do it quite yet. I, I, I was going to pull the trigger. Well. I was going to pull the trigger on somebody else. It's I'm, I'm not brave enough quite yet. I'm going to go with Zay Flowers. I'm not excited about. I I love Zay Flowers, the player. Um, did all the. You know, for a smaller wide receiver, did all the hard things at Boston College. Downfield threat, great at contested catches. I think he can develop his game, his short route game. Don't love the landing spot with the Baltimore Ravens. Just Lamar Jackson has shown, you know, just not – he's a quality passer, not a high-level passer, considering the Ravens are one of the most run-heavy teams in the NFL when they're operating with their full running back core. I, I just don't see a lot of the upside. Obviously, he's going to be probably playing behind Mark Andrews in the target share, and then he's going to be, you know, I, I don't expect, I'm not significantly threatened by Odell Beckham Jr., but it's just the the wide receiver in the off in the off, Baltimore offense has just never been a consistent player these last few years with Lamar Jackson. I just don't that I just see that continuing to be the case. You could see some a lot of Marquise Brownness. You know, he doesn't quite have that kind of boom bust nature of Marquise Brown is a little bit more developed and is I think coming into the league at least as a route runner underneath Marquise mm-hmm. Brown has developed in that in recent years but uh, I just yeah I'll just see a little bit boom production probably the next few years I, like I said don't love the landing spot he's someone I could have ranked as high as my wide receiver two in the class I had that in my rookie draft rankings but he does fall back to wide receiver four for me post draft yeah, I, lo- I love Zay Flowers. He might be, you know, my favorite receiver after JSN in this in this group, uh, and it's just because he has a very like hybrid build. He's smaller, but he's very strong. He his skill set, you know, can range from a you know a lot of different ways to attack the wide receiver position on the outside, on the inside. I, I love the spot a lot actually, uh, because I do feel like this team is hungry for that next you know wide receiver one. And honestly, I, I think it could be anybody's show here. It could be Flowers, it could be Bateman, it could be OBJ. I mean, again, all that being opposite of Mark Andrews probably still being the best receiver on the team, but still someone's got to be able to, you know, come out on top of that group. And I feel like Zay Flowers has the potential to do that. So where, yes, to start the season, he may not have as much, you know, you know, pomp and fireworks and excitement to him because he's kind of middled behind, you know, Bateman and OBJ. I'm expecting that to change pretty quickly. I, I think the results are going to be much different uh, once we actually get into like you know game theory. Once once we started getting into like weeks four through six, I think we're really going to see him take off. I'm very interested to see where you're going to go with this next pick. I, um, I know you were going to say that because these are these are the top nine. Like yes, in my opinion, clear, like these are the, the locks. Yeah, lock Whatever order nine. they can get mixed mm-hmm. mixed and matched in. These are going to be the top nine picks in your rookie draft. Here we go. Let's let's get to floating here because yeah, I'm we, interested. We get into some, I'm very interested. Oh yeah, this this is it. this is a weird territory, and I'm up in the air between two running backs. I am going to go with the clear path to production this season. I'm going to go with Devin A. Chain with the Miami Dolphins. Now has a lot of speed, and that's what that offense uses is speed, speed, speed. I feel that the competition for touches between him, Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson can be overcome pretty quickly, even if he is getting, you know, not a primary role, right? Like he's not probably going to be a guy that takes 
red zone rushing attempts, but he is going to be a guy that they try to draw up in space. And I do think that they try to get the ball with some respectable, respectable amount of volume to protect Tua. That's going to be the big priority this season for the Miami Dolphins, keeping Tua upright. If you can't do it with the line in front of you, you got to do it with your speed players. And that's going to be Tyreek Hill. That's going to be Devin A. Chain while they try to open up things, you know, downfield for Jalen Waddle. So that's where I'm going here. I did have Zach Charbonnet down, but I I don't know. I'm just I'm I can only get so excited about guys I just expect to score five yard rushing touchdowns, you know? Yeah. And I just where where like when this happens, when it, when a running back gets drafted to a bad landing spot like this, a talented running back early in the draft, it's usually like, okay, it maybe maybe somebody's there, but they're a year away from leaving. You know, maybe 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 nope. they're potentially the more talented running back of the two. Neither neither is the case. He's not anywhere near as good a running back as Kenneth Walker, and Kenneth Walker isn't going anywhere anytime soon. So, yep. what 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 is the upside with Zach Charbonnet? We'll 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 dive into it when he's drafted, but um. With the next pick here, I, I'm going to go with actually uh, with the 11th spot. I'm going to go with Will Levis. I'm going to take him even though he fell into the second round in a super flex draft. I still think top 35 pick. I'm willing to take him early. I'm not anywhere near as excited, obviously. He would have been in top 10. Kind of shows what he's a project. Yep, and that's what exactly what uh, second round quarterbacks tend to be. Um, you know, you can go down the list of Derek Carr, Jalen Hurts, and like Drew Brees, and but that's like the list. That's what somebody mm-hmm. said to me last yesterday. They were like, "Remember those guys?" And I was just like, "Okay," but that was it. Like that's it for like all oh, those for second round quarterbacks. So he's a right. long shot. At, you know, he's a long shot at this point. Going into not a great landing spot, I think in Tennessee either. Always traditionally a defense run first team with Mike Rabel. Um, but we will see. I I know they're not very tied to Ryan Tannehill. I think you'll probably see Will Levis on the field this season for certainly. But I just, yeah, obviously, project player. I think just considering, though, that there's just not a lot of ex- players to get excited about, I'm really excited about at this point, I'm willing to take Will Levis. What do you think about that pick? Uh, I don't hate it. I, I still had him going in the middle or early second round. I had him at pick 16. So I, I And I don't really feel like five picks, how everything is convoluted right now, you, you want to you draft based on need, right? So if you're sitting at the end of round one, and you see your window the next three years kind of closing in on your quarterbacks, then I think Will Levis is a fine pick because I do think that he still can start games this season. If not, you know, take the job starting next year. It just doesn't feel like they have a commitment long-term to Ryan Tannehill. I don't think that he'll be out the door anytime soon, but Ryan Tannehill is going to be on a super, super short leash this upcoming season. And they do have, you know, they do have some athleticism in, in Traylon Burks. I think that they could get something out of him. We all loved Kyle Phillips, you know, last offseason, and they always have Derrick Henry there. So it's not that they're they're not an exciting offense. It's, it's just that they're not very deep. But if Will Levis can get on the field and, you know, make some magic happen, you know, it's definitely going to be with Traylon Burks and, uh, and Derrick Henry. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, it feels early for me based off of his slip just because it feels like the evaluation just isn't as high as what we were expecting. But, again, like in Superflex, you're going to have that need quarterbacks worth the first round pick I, I i i can't hate on it where are you going with the last pick in the first round oh gosh so difficult so so <laughs> difficult i am gonna go gosh let's go with uh let's go with a tight end let's go with my boy mm-hmm. let's go with uh let's go with mayor 
Mayer, all right, all right. Michael Mayer, uh, despite being the third tight end taken. Just tell me about it. I don't love that at all either, by the way. That made me very angry. I I just don't understand it. Like, you're going to take Dalton Kincaid to split time with Dawson Knox and maybe some type of jumbo set running double tight ends, or do you want someone who's just sure-handed, who can block, a tight end that can stay on the field the entire game, I'm not saying McDaniels is going to turn him into the next Gronk, but everybody else has comped him to Gronk. I mean, Gronk wasn't a big seam tight end. He wasn't, you know, some big, flashy, fast tight end. Those things came, you know, with age, with time and experience. The build and framework that Mayer has, I mean, he looks like a damn video game character. I swear to God. He just looks so big and so stacked. Like, And there's just a clear path to production and touches and targets playing on the Raiders that just lost Darren Waller. Obviously going to be a priority for them to have him on the field. So they also lost Foster Moreau uh, to a medical situation. So like they're super, super thin there. Uh, Dalton Kincaid, he's going to split. Luke Musgrave is playing with Jordan Love. I mean, Jordan Love, Jimmy Jimmy G. I'm a Jimmy G stan, if you will, So and a Bears fan. So obviously that comp isn't going to really go in favor of anything Green Bay whatsoever. So I, I do still believe that he is the best tight end in this class and that some of these GMs are hitting the peace pipe a little too often. I don't know why okay. I didn't write his name down, though. For some reason, he's not on my board. Well, you, you you remembered him. That's good. Uh, I uh, you know I I can see I spend it depends on how big of a threat you see Dawson Knox. You know Dalton Kincaid. I've heard people argue he could be the second target. You know behind <laughs> Stephon Diggs. I mean, come on. Have he, you seen the depth ups, that they have right the now? The upside is there. Gabriel Davis isn't too threatening. Dawson Knox. I mean, okay, he's okay. No, he's fine. Uh, not, Gabriel not, Davis it, has scored four touchdowns in a game. Dalton Kincaid hasn't that, scored a touchdown how, yet. Okay, like how many, let, like. People need to chill a little here. But how many career touchdowns does Gabriel Davis have? Does Five, he have four? Does, does he have four other touchdowns in his entire career outside of the, outside of my Kansas City Chiefs? Literally, it was the the worst pass coverage I've ever seen in an NFL game. I I was like, it was literally the worst at pass. Like there was no pass coverage. The NFL, the Chiefs had no idea what they were doing. They were literally falling. They like our two of He's those touchdown him. passes. The the cornerback had literally fallen down, like it just like he he just collapsed on the field and and allowed Gabriel Davis just to literally within not within anybody within twenty yards of him catch touchdown. What, okay, well, well, I'm digressing here, but a little triggered, a little tilted. Michael <laughs> Michael Mayer, I I I can he just you know he has those short little arms, but everything else is is, is very big on Michael Mayer. Uh, it's a huge part of the offense at Notre Dame. I think some teams just didn't see the explosive upside, you know, just doesn't have that kind of game wrecking ability that maybe, you know, obviously, you know, you mentioned Brock, uh, you know, but yes, yeah, somebody who's going to be on the field early. I, I I could see you ranking him as my tight end as your tight end one. I have, I haven't really decided yet. I I'm, I'm still going back and forth between him and Kincaid. Thinking yeah. About. To, to, to me, it's, it's very simple just off of the, the argument or narrative of clear path to production, but, Still, when I look at the you know the overall body of work between the two, I just feel that Mayer's efficiency is what's going to pull vault his career over Kincaid's, and I still believe firmly that Kincaid will be middled beyond middled in that offense. I'm sorry, like that. That's a great. Like that's Davis. a great move for. He's going to get middled like, by Gabe, like Gabe Davis. Davis, like pretty much like everyone in that offense. As a matter of fact, I mean, we saw Stephon Diggs getting middled to death at the end of last season. No, that's I get, no joke. It was, it was, it was a real scenario. Uh, I, you know, I don't know. I think the Buffalo Bills offense was a wreck at the end of last season for some reason. Yeah. You know, maybe it was the health of Josh Allen. I think they take a step. I think a lot of, 
you know, we saw Mahomes was the first one. You know, we're, we're getting off track here, but I'll just give this quick thought. Mahomes was the first quarterback to kind of have to get through this too high, too high safety coverage. And then they were like, why don't we just do this with all these great quarterbacks? All these great quarterbacks, they had to reinvent their games a little bit. Justin Herbert had to go through it last season. Josh Allen, mm -hmm. you know, all these guys, they were used to such explosive plays downfield. And they were just like, okay, defenses adjusted. They've adjusted last year. It was a strong adjustment last year. It was the year of the defense last year. They cranked down on a lot of these elite quarterbacks because they were just like, okay, you were going to beat us with these incredible plays downfield all the time. That's completely gone. You're going to have to beat us with five and 10 yard dink and dunks. Mahomes learned how to play quarterback last season as a regular oh. quarterback in the pocket. He was, I, all right, now we're just going to go to you. See, you're, you're looking intrigued. So I, I, I'm going to take a I two am, minute. I I'm going to take, I, 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 take two minutes here from, from the mock draft to tell you about it. Patrick Mahomes, his first few years in the league, played a recess style quarterback. He was running, he would run outside the pocket because our offensive line wasn't very good the first couple of years. He would run outside the pocket immediately on every play. He would have 10 seconds to throw nearly on every play on every play because the defense is chasing him to the sideline. The cornerbacks are having to stay with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey for seven, eight seconds. They can't do that. Patrick right. Mahomes can rifle a ball better than anyone on the move in the history then of the rifle. NFL. There's anyone in the NFL. Never, nobody can do that. Patrick Mahomes does that. And yeah, it was that worked and for a while. But then when Patrick Mahomes had this better offensive line, Mm -hmm. encouraging him to stay in the pocket. That was an adjustment for him. When he, when these two high safety coverages are like, all right, Patrick, you're going to have to, you're going to have to throw five, 10 to 15 yards. You were not going to let you beat us downfield. That was a huge adjustment. So he had to learn how to play quarterback like everyone else has for the last 100 years. And it was a huge, and we saw that in 2021, that adjustment, we saw him learn how to do that and take that step in 2022. So that was my little tangent about the quarterbacks there, but I'll, before I go into the second round here, I will just recap the last six pick. At number seven, we had Quentin Johnston. You took Jordan Addison at number eight. Zay Flowers at nine. Devon A. Chain at 10. Will Levis in the 11th spot and Michael Mayer in the 12th spot. Um, kicking off here with the 13th pick, I'm going to go with, gosh, I'm going to go with Kendra Miller. Ah, man, these picks are all gross. No, I had um, him at 12. You're good. I know because I forgot I, to write down Mayor. It, I don't. It's I, just, again, I, I just don't know really how I wanted. I just really wanted to get more excited about my twelfth or my thirteenth pick in the 2023 draft that we thought was going to be just this game wrecking draft. And now I'm just like looking at Kendrick Miller, and I really like Kendrick Miller before the draft. I'm, I just think once Alvin Kamara is gone, I, I if if he wasn't there, I would be really thrilled about the landing spot in the draft capital. I think mm -hmm. 2024. I think we can get really excited about Kendra Miller. I'm just a little disappointed. He's not going to have some, maybe a little bit more value right off the bat, but we could see Alvin Kamara get suspended. Uh, yeah, he's a player. I think that's nearly... the big excitement in the pick, right? Is that yeah. Alvin Kamara misses time. Keandre Miller comes in, maybe takes over the workload. Maybe, you know, maybe looks like a better option as a, as a younger, versatile, you know, running back. Explosive 1300 right. yard rushing push Zach white out or Zach Evans out the door. So yeah, I, I'm I'm excited about um, you know I'm excited about 2024. Not not maybe necessarily the 2023 production unless Alvin Kamara gets that suspension. Um, what do you think about you? you know, they run the ball. A lot. The, the, the yeah. Saints still run the ball a ton, and they're a team that you know honestly like I'm I'm kind of down on a lot of their uh, their player stocks. You know, like Chris Olave. This is a very crowded uh, wide receiver group now. You know, they still have Taysom Hill. They add Keandre Miller to 
you know, Alvin Kamara that even when Kamara's there, he's, you know, he's still going to get his workload. Uh, it just feels like a very, very deep group. And I want to get all of these guys at discount. And I feel like you're probably going to be able to get Miller and Kamara at discounts in startup drafts. Like, I just don't think that either of them are going to have an incredibly high cost. Um, obviously, if you're doing, you know, rookie uh, drafts separate from there, you're going to have, you know, a different draft stock. You're probably taking Keandre Miller in this stage. But if you're doing just a pure startup draft, I feel like you're going to get both of them at very good value. And I'm going to sit around and take the guy that sits longer. You know, that's just what I'll do. That makes sense. Where are you going at number 14? Uh, number 14, duck it. Let's let's ride. Roshan, baby. Honestly, Roshan could come off the board earlier than this, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, I was thinking I could, about taking him earlier. I could have taken him for the Michael Mayer pick, but I just still feel that Michael Mayer plays more snaps this season. Is on It literally can be an every-down player. When I look at Roshan, I do see a clearer path to staying on the field because of his pass blocking ability, and we have to have to keep – Justin Fields upright. It is the biggest priority this season. No dissimilar from Tua and the Dolphins, right? The kid was on his back all of last season, grumbling up to his knees just to stand up almost every other possession. I didn't even know if he was going to make it to the sideline half the time. So Roshan coming in as a pass blocker is excellent. He fits a similar build to, you know, Dante Foreman, but he can do everything for you. He can catch, catch passes. He can block. I love Khalil Herbert, but Khalil Herbert has had some injury issues. I see this group being, you know, counterintuitive to start the season because I don't think that any one of these running backs will get a ton of volume. I think that their best running option will probably be with designed runs for Justin Fields. And each of these running backs is going to supplement that game plan in a particular way. They're all have their their specialities, right? I do look at Khalil Herbert as being that guy that, you know, if he does stay healthy, he could be the most all-around running back of this group. Like he could have the the most rushing yards, the most receiving yards. Like at the end of the year, his production is at the top of the pile, but he still seems like the riskiest player of this group because of his injury woes and his lack of ability to finish in the red zone. Like when I'm thinking of red zone carries and touches right now on this Bears team, I'm thinking Roshan, Justin Fields, and Donta Foreman. They're going to run the ball a ton in that red zone. And I feel like Roshan can kind of fit into there. But I also think that Roshan is like better than Dante Foreman. Like, right. Like he's younger. He's going to be faster. Foreman may have more nuance and more experience. But I feel that Roshan can take over this backfield by the midway point of the season, albeit someone doesn't take off. Like when you've seen Khalil Herbert getting the ball at volume, he looks very, very good. It's just that That's he can't stay healthy. He I'm can't stay sh- healthy. You know, I loved Roshan Johnson. I'm not 100% convinced he's better than um, Khalil Herbert. You know, that'll be remaining to be seen. As a Bears fan, I would I would divert to your. You know, you watch him a lot more, so um, I that that's my worry. You know, I love I loved Roshan Johnson. I would have liked to maybe see him just in a little bit more of a an open kind of place. But I mean, if you're if he was going to be good, if Roshan Johnson was going to be good and a good NFL running back, he should be able to beat out Khalil Herbert. That, right. that is true. So, you know, if you are a Roshan Johnson fan, you know, this is your chance, you know, not mm. not to be, tri- you know, don't be trip, you know, trepidation, trepidatious, trepidatious, so, don't have trepidation, don't have trepidation yeah, that- and take Roshan Johnson with, with, you know, take him early because you shouldn't be intimidated by Khalil Herbert if you loved Roshan Johnson already, which I did. So, 
I need to talk myself more into it because you know what, this isn't that great. You know, for some reason I'm trying, I'm getting nervous about the Chicago landing spot. And, and you know, I would have liked to see, I guess, day two draft capital. That that would have been another thing I would have liked to see. I, I had, I, I, my bold pick was he would have been a top 45 pick and I was wrong. I was wrong. No, I, I, think I, that, I think that was, that was wishful thinking. I think he's going to come into camp and he's going to get to work early. I, like I said, like I like the addition of Dante Foreman. I think he can be better than that, better than him for sure. Khalil Herbert's the question. Like if, if he stays healthy, then yeah, he could definitely be a problem for Roshan, but I don't see Khalil Herbert still taking the ball out of his hand uh, on third down or in the red zone. So it's, it's really to me more about getting over Dante Foreman and then splitting time with Herbert, which I think there is a very clear path to do. Okay. With, with with the 15th pick here, I am going to go with Zach Charbonnet. I was going to say, we have we cannot let him sit on the board anymore. It ha- it's time. Um, it's time to take him, even though, uh, I mean, I don't know what he is at this point. You know, I think maybe just a high, the, be- the best handcuff running back in, in yep. football. Um, yep. You know, you're, you're, he's never going to get be a top 15, probably top 20 running back. You know, you have to get the ball out to your three great wide receivers. Kenneth Walker is going to take the majority of the rushing workload. I guess maybe his role fits in as a passing down. He's a good passing receiving back. So maybe this is where he finds his role a little bit. I think this is a safe pick. I think you can, I mean, I think he could settle into a 10. You can, he get you 12 10, oh, double digit PPR points. I think, you know, could settle into that role. Yeah, I think so. But man, yeah, it's just not an upside pick. Um, you know, he's tied to Kenneth Walker for the long term. And yeah, just, I think I, I love running, you know, I love accumulated running backs. Kenneth Walker is going to get a lot of volume still. So injury is always going to be a risk. So I think, you know, Zach Charbonnet over the next couple of years, he'll have his moments where, you know, you're just like, oh man, Zach Charbonnet is an RB one this week because oh, he's Kenneth, two Wa- touchdowns. Or Kenneth Walker's out with it, you know, going to be out with an injury yeah. banged up a little bit. And you see Zach Charbonnet as, a, as an RB one because of that week. So that has value. And I'm going to take him here with the 15th pick. B&B. Boomer bust, baby. That's what he's going to be. And that's why he's falling to pick 15. Uh, it, you know, when you when you hear that, you're probably like, what are these guys, you know, what are they talking about? They need to lay off the peace pipe. But I just don't, I agree with you. Like, I just don't see a clear path to a ton of production, being on the field with any sort of priority. They have those weapons. You're waiting for an injury. Like, that's that's what you're doing is you're waiting for a cataclysmic injury to Kenneth Walker or one of those running backs where, Somebody just has to come in and pick up the load. And I just, that's not what I'm betting on, right? Like I, like, like you had said, like you want to bet on upside. You want to bet on guys with high ceilings. The next four to five years, he's going to be middled in this group. Even if Tyler Lockett leaves next season, right? Like, yeah, sure. His usage will go up. He'll get some more opportunities, but that doesn't mean he's going to be a priority. The only place I see him being that the guy is in the red zone. He may have more touchdown exposure than Kenneth Walker because he has that nice build. Like when you're looking in, at the goal line, I think Charbonnet could get some usage there because he also can catch passes. He can block. Like I think there is something there, but I don't think like, again, he's going to be prioritizing this offense. It's, 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 it was a shocking pick, but at the same time, like it is still a pick that makes the offense better. It just doesn't do anything for us. Fantasy guys. You know what I mean? Nope. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, that that's NFL, good NFL pick bad for fantasy football. Where are you going, number sixteen? Number sixteen. I gotta. I gotta look through the list here because I'm. I'm writing our numbers down next to our lists. I'm gonna go with Jonathan Mingo, Carolina, bringing it back around. Maybe you were able to grab, uh, you know, Bryce Young with your first pick, and maybe you can shore that up with a a Jonathan Mingo share. 
you know, I don't love what his year one, you know, presence could be because you do have, uh, I wouldn't say a deep group there, but you just have a bunch of guys that are going to be on the field like Adam Thielen and DJ Chark. Uh, I think Shy Smith is definitely now droppable if you were, if you had a far cry on him. Um, and then, you know, when, when you have Miles Sanders, Chubba Hubbard, like I just feel like no one player is going to touch the ball a ton in this offense. But I do see Mingo being able, like he's, you know, bit, nice build, very athletic. I could see him surplanting Adam Thielen at some point this season just because Adam Thielen is just so underwhelming. And when you get his size on the outside and his physicality on the outside, I feel like that could create some good opportunities for Bryce Young. Um, I think, you know, and they spent a, a pretty uh, penny on it too. I mean, he was a pick 54. What was it? Yeah, I have the board. I was actually just looking, picking, looking up the board. Um, they spent yeah. a pretty penny on him. Oh, no, it's 39. He was all oh, 39. Oh, excuse yeah, me. He, yeah. He, he, he was shot. It was shockingly early for Jonathan Mingo, actually. So they like something there. They they, yeah. they have something in him. That would have been uh, my pick. And obviously, they're going with Bryce Young. They have to imagine that those two are going to pair well with each other. So, yeah, I mean, if you're looking for, you know, a, a good stack for the next five to six years, you know, in Dynasty, and you've uh, already grabbed Young in the first round, come back, grab yourself some John Mingo. Yeah, um, it was it was really surprising draft capital for Jonathan Mingo, and that would have been my pick just because, yeah, he's still, he, could, he has that alpha uh, build. I compare him to George Pickens light. He okay. has that okay. kind of that dog mentality as well. Downfield okay. threat, not – doesn't have great hands um and you know doesn't have that college production but you know the draft capital completely justifies it and yeah i mean i have other wide receivers that i like but they that i like more pre-draft but they went to they didn't get the draft capital that he did and they went to worse landing spots because yeah i mean once again you know obviously the carolina panthers offense doesn't look very good but Mm -hmm. if jonathan mingo gets gets into his higher range of outcomes and is a good player it is completely wide open for him to succeed in this offense so that is a positive. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of struggling with this one. This is a really tough pick. Um, I am going to go with a guy that I liked in the pre-draft. I'm going to go with mm, – nope, I changed my mind. I'm going to go with Rashi Rice. I'm ready to get hurt again by my Kansas City Chiefs. Here we go. Uh, I had him down at 15, actually. 15. McCole Hardman. Demarcus Robinson. Uh, Sky Moore last year. This is the list of the second and third round wide receivers in recent memory. The Kansas City Chiefs have taken. Darius Tawny? That wasn't a draft pick by us, but I'm listing our I'm listing our most recent draft picks. The Demarcus Robinson guys you actually just took, not the guys we took. So I'm 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 laying the groundwork to tell you that the Kansas City Chiefs are not very good at picking wide receivers, unfortunately. So this is not you know the Kansas City Chiefs have been a fantasy football trap in the last few years for rookie drafts we vaulted we've always vaulted we vaulted mccall hardman up rookie drafts we shot sky Moore up rookie drafts we shot clyde edwards hilaire up rookie drafts we shot some guy named the who is the fifth oh yeah uh justin ross last year we should you know there's just every anybody yeah, who touches, my justin ross shares anybody who touches this offense um shoots up rookie rankings and rashi rice is somebody who would not have gone in this spot if the chiefs didn't take him but here we are, but I, you know, he had, he doesn't, he, he's a bigger wide receiver. He does. He has a unique build, you know, he's a bigger wide receiver. So that that's something the chiefs don't really have. So mm-hmm. I think he does have a role in the offense right away. So that's what I do. Like I, you know, if Kadarius, Tony sky more, none of these guys are too intimidating. So I think, you know, he does have a wide open offense. So I'm willing to, 
you know, I'm willing to say that I wasn't right in my pre-draft evaluation. And I'm going to go with, you know, NFL scouts who, you know, make these millions of dollars. And I'm, yeah, I'm willing to take Rashi Rice here just because of the potential in the offense. So you have I think no this, other this choice. Is a, this is right a decent spot for him. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take him in rookie drafts in the first round, but I mean, here I'm fine with it. You know, this is a mid second round. Absolutely. You have to, man. He's your guy now. You're I guess. committed. You're pot committed. Come on. Man. I was, I wanted, I wanted the next guy. I'm going to take, if you don't take him, I want, I, this is who I preferred in the NFL draft. And I can't, the chiefs never take who I want. So I shouldn't expect it. <laughs> Damn. I'm interested to see who you're going to say, because yeah, my page one is gone. Rashi Rice was the only one from like my, my first early picks that was still available. All right. Let's so see. you, what did you go, where, where are we at? 18? Mm, let me, let me count. Where are we at? One, two, three. I just took. Who'd you take with your last one? I I, I didn't write it down. Oh man, we're losing track. Oh, Jonathan Mingo. Jonathan Mingo. Mm -hmm. All right, and then, then I, so next we are, we are pick eighteen. Pick eighteen. Okay. Yeah, pick eighteen. Let's go with uh, let's go with Tank Bigsby with uh, with with Jacksonville. Let's cut it up with the running backs a little bit here. Uh, Doug Peterson has has committed that he is going to run the ball with multiple running backs. And I like Travis Etienne, but they also went out and shopped around for Jarenis Johnson this offseason. They've now just added Tank Bigsby. This offense is going to be in the red zone a lot because they're going to be passing a lot. And I feel like Tank Bigsby can work himself into a nice supplemental role there in Jacksonville. The team does not have a commitment to Etienne as he was drafted by the previous regime. I feel that Tank Bigsby has upside to take over this backfield. Tank upside to take over this backfield wow yeah that, that is that is that is some that is bold that really? is bold i i kind of saw etn wasn't used like i thought he would be like he wasn't used no. as like a pure ppr back last his, his season like, his efficiency metrics are, are, are suggest he's pretty good i i i just don't see i see this as a zach charbonnet situation like i just don't okay. see think i just don't think he's as good as travis etn so what's the upside here so because okay. he's going to be tried to travis etn for the next couple of years once again this is about where i would take him but it's just I I wish a lot of these day two running backs went to like a somewhat open off like somewhere like a, not where a young really good running back was you know mm -hmm. what I mean just like we, we take Bixby and Zach Charbonnet could have been I would I would have if in the right landing spot I would have drafted them in the same draft pick just in the right landing spot I would have drafted them ahead of Zay Flowers right. and Jordan Addison because I'm you know that I think they could have been difference makers but I'm not very excited about the landing spot. I'll wrap up uh, these last six picks here, though. We started off with Kendra Miller to lead off the second round. Roshan Johnson, Zach Charbonnet, Jonathan Mingo, Rashi Rice, and Tank Bigsby. I think you're going to see these this second round get wild and crazy because no, there isn't going to be a consensus, especially well, you know, in these next couple of days. All right. Uh, I will go in here. Ah, I'm going to go. Here's who I wanted the Chiefs to take. I'm going to take Marvin Mims, Denver okay. Broncos, final pick in the second round of the NFL draft. Just the complete package plays inside, plays outside, elite athlete, fantastic hands, uh, great against man coverage last year. You know, I, I had him as my uh, wide receiver uh, five in my rookie, mm -hmm. in my rookie pre-draft, and that's I have him floating around that wide receiver five, kind of six, seven range. So I uh, I haven't really finalized how I'm going to do this yet, but I think he's in the same tier. As Jonathan Mingo and Rashi Rice, I would put him right in there, and just doesn't have that that wide. He doesn't have that clear path to targets that they do. So, but I, I do think I think Sean Payton's going to turn around this offense a little bit this year. So I'm excited to nab him in the back half of the second round. Not the best pickup for Tim Patrick stands. I will say that no. that is not going to be favorable. I'm going to go out with another crazy one here. 
at least what I think is a little bit less than the public or maybe less favorable than the public. Uh, at pick 20, I believe we're at, I am yeah. going with Chase Brown, now of the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, sir. Moving him up. This is a really it's no a good dissimilar. Oh, yeah, great landing spot. It's really no different than the Keandre Miller pick, in my opinion. You're looking at a situation where the starting running back may not be there week one. Uh, the Bengals may even move on from Joe Mixon, dare I say. There's been those talks. You know, we could see him maybe get moved if there was, um, you know, some type of negative repercussion from his his off-field issues. Chase Brown's got a great build, man. And and I've been been saying this about a lot of these teams, about how being in the red zone and scoring a lot is going to pole vault your floor up. That's the absolutely the case for Chase Brown here. Like, there's just not a ton of competition in that running back room with the Cincinnati Bengals right now. And he's a guy that you can give the rock to three, four times in a row. Like he's a big, he's got a nice build. Like he's a powerful runner. So I like what they could potentially do with him. And I do see him, you know, if, if there is no change, even if he's there and Joe Mixon isn't missing time, I see him cutting into that role. We've seen Samaje P Ryan. We've seen Chris Evans all get on the field at moments where we don't think that they should be on the field, i.e. Super Bowl, you know, Super Bowl versus the Rams, anybody? Samaj P. Ryan dropping that pass? like He outsnatched where, in two playoff games last year. It, that's that's what I'm saying, exactly. You're making my point for me. Thank you, Emerson. Like yep. They are going to use that secondary running back role. So if he is that, then he's already getting touches. In in a perfect scenario for him, he be, just becomes their starting running back. Joe Mixon either leaves, is suspended, they trade him, whatever. Now, obviously, we need some dominoes to fall there for this, you know, this pick to really come to fruition. But I'm looking at the back end of round two. Like, I really don't hate it for a guy that does right now, a couple a day after the draft, has a clear path to touches and a, and a role. I mean, yeah, very productive in the Big Ten against tough defenses, elite athlete, um, straight line speed out the wazoo. Um, you know, draft cap. You know, I love the landing spot. Draft capital wasn't great. That's you know, that's my only criticism. That's why I'm yeah. trepidatious to take him in the second round. But you know. I mean, we've seen but if running you're, backs. If you're not like the top guy at a running back position, like it's it's kind of tough now. I feel yeah. like to go in the first couple of rounds. Like I get it. The league has just devalued the position incredibly. Yeah, I mean, this is like this could this would have been a fourth maybe pick or late third round pick a few years ago. So I get it. Right. Um, the uh, with pick 21 here, this is where I would. This is where you're getting great value on Dalton Kincaid. I think that's this, yeah, this, is, say, this is this is this is another one fight. we can't let slip. Yeah, this is this is where I'm fine getting the value. I I'm fade tied into my rookie drafts because they just have such a steep learning curve, and Donson Kincaid is probably going to face that playing against Pac-12 defense. He's going to have a lot to learn. Not a great blocker by any means like that. Um, so, you know, just the the path to get on the field right away is isn't maybe you know he he has a lot to learn. You know, you could see him out there in two tight end sets and everything like that. I and mean, he has all the potential to beat out Dawson Knox. So I wouldn't rule that out even in week one. So. We'll find out and see what happens, but he did get first round draft capital. But I think, you know, I don't think he's going to fall this far in most in most rookie drafts. So this is where I think you can buy him lower later on when he doesn't quite have a, a stellar jump right out of the gate. So if he is here though in the back end of the second round, that's when you take Dalton Kincaid. I think you know has has cert, has higher upside than Michael Mayer. And and fancy if you're just looking at it, you know, better athlete. Um, you know, route running, you know, just a little bit more of a fluid route runner. Um, really good at finding kind of those seams in between coverage. So I, you're, you're, you're throwing the flag. You're like, no, yeah, I disagree, pal. You're a big Michael Mayer guy. You took him 10 picks ago. So I, I get That's it. That's true. That's it's, it's been a while. So, but yes, 
despite being, I, I'm going back and forth. Dalton Kincaid, obviously I like him a little bit more than Justin does, but um, I think this is a good value with this pick. No, the, this is definitely good value for the pick. I, I, I can't knock on that. I just, man. And I've been hearing it for a while. Like I've, I've been hearing it. I was on a, I was on a guest spot with front yard fantasy. And uh, one of the questions that someone else had was, is like, Oh, like who's like, you know, the odds favorite to be the first tight end. And I'm just sitting there like, Oh, what an easy question. Look, look who was wrong. <laughs> well, the, the answer was Dalton Kincaid, but even after that show, like the odds reverted, like Mayer came back up to first and they, they were just kind of going back and forth. But yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. It's only time will tell. Uh, with my next pick here, I have three receivers. I'm going to let you pick them for me. I'm going to throw these three names out there and then you're going to make the pick or just tell me who I would pick. Okay. And I already, I have the name circled. So if you All heard right. that, that was look, me look. circling the name. Xavier Hutchinson, now of the Texans. Uh, Kayshawn Boutte of the Pats, the New England Patriots, or Cedric Tillman of Cleveland uh, Browns. I'll tell you, that's not who I, I – you left off one name I expected you to say that went a lot earlier than those guys did. Okay. But, but, so, yeah, of those you might, three, of who those am I going to pick? <sighs> Xavier Hutchinson? No, Cedric Tillman. Cedric Tillman. Okay. All right. That's yeah, what I, I should have said. That. I just don't love Browns receivers. I wasn't as high on Elijah Moore when he was coming into the league. I was I've never really been high on Amari Cooper. I just feel like they need somebody there that's going to be a game changer, a game breaker. And I, I feel like every single one of these guys is a wild card. Like I don't think that Elijah Moore is just somehow a lock to succeed in Cleveland. Amari Cooper is always ridden with injuries. Like I just feel like it could be anybody's ball game there. I, I, you know, I agree with that. You know, if you like, if you, you're, you know, you have to have some things happen. Like you said, there has to be some injuries, you know, some players not work out because it's a, it's a crowded offense, you know, and, you know, Deshaun Watson obviously wasn't quite himself last year. So we will see if that turns around. I think it certainly, uh, I think it certainly could. And I expect it to with Deshaun Watson. So I am a, uh, I, I like this pick here. I, I thought you might have gone in another direction, but um, yeah, just my, I'm just not – this is I'm just another landing spot. I would have liked to see him went go to a little bit more of a wide-open offense, but obviously being tied to Deshaun Watson is very attractive. Set my final pick in the draft. I, this is who I thought you were going to take. I am going to go with um, Jaden Reed, Green Bay Packers, yeah. mid-second mid round pick. You know, this is me just leaning on leaning on draft capital. This is me admitting maybe, you know, taking – a you know, I'm going to throw my pre-draft process out the window where I had him a lot later. And I'm going to mm -hmm. lean on the draft capital. You know, this is what this is a little bit more my process. It's fun to talk about the NFL draft beforehand, but you know, it's these NFL guys making these decisions, making making the big bucks. So I'm going to default to them here. I'm going to take this guy who went in the mid-second round. That's a good value for a wide receiver pick. So uh, you know, I like I said, you know, the landing spot is interesting too. Um, you know how he fits next to Christian Watson. I question whether Jordan Love can sustain more than one fantasy relevant wide receiver. But like I said, a second round wide receiver at the back end of the second round of a rookie draft, I'll take that. I am in the uh, pool of belief that Jordan Love cannot keep any receiver fantasy relevant. Uh, so no, I was not going to be, he is not even on my board. Like I am not okay. interested. Luke Musgrave, I would probably take ahead of him most likely. Is that who you're going to pick here with your last pick? No, 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 no. I'm not going to do that. I'll just take one of these other receivers I mentioned, like Kayshawn Boutte or Xavier Hutchinson. Because <laughs> well, I, I, I am down on the Packers for certain this, this upcoming season. I believe they are in line for a bad, 
bad season. I'm talking less than five wins. Uh, you know, it should be noted you're you're uh, you're a Packers hater though. So you know that you, is every, true. Everything you true. say, maybe you should should be taken Grain considering salt, that you're a massive you know, Bears fan. That's okay. That's 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 all right. There is a Wayne Campbell uh, basement in on my background here. That is, you know that is you know Chicago Bears paraphernalia in the uh, in the basement here. But albeit, come on, like wh- whose eye test? Does Jordan Love pass? We haven't seen it, really. We haven't even seen I, him. Yes, we have. Yes, Partly. we have. We've seen him in preseason when he's good. Passes. We've seen him in preseason when he's bad. And people like – and Packers fans specifically like to cherry pick when he's good and make excuses when he is bad, okay? Justin Fields was bad his, his, his first season, right? He was bad. He was not good. What happened? He got better his second season. Not the, not his passing, but but yeah, uh, his passing did get better. better. His his passing did get better. He did not have you know receivers. Period. That's true. But That's go, true. Go run the numbers. The passing numbers got a lot better. But he was also a QB one in fantasy. He got better. Jordan Love is not going to get better. He is going to be the same quarterback he's been, which is not very good. Playing behind Aaron Rodgers, he was come on man. He was supposed to come in and be that guy. If he was that guy, they would have moved on from Aaron Rodgers a year ago, like they were trying to do, but they couldn't because he wasn't ready yet. He still remains deep in that category of quarterbacks that is not going to be ready, that will be surplanted next season when they do get a a good draft pick out of this situation because that's what's going to happen. Dude, they could be set up for for, uh, Caleb Williams next year. Wouldn't you want that if you're the Packers, right? Yeah. Why would you want to be good right now when you can when you have the potential to tank and go after your next generational quarterback? <laughs> I, I you know what I feel like I, I I feel like if I was laying if I had like a, a recorder right now and was trying to lay a case against you for being a bias against the Packers fan, <laughs> I would you know, I would have you It'd be open. Sir, sir, I'm gonna play this in court. Uh, where awesome. where are you going with this final pick in this in this rookie buck draft? I'm going to go Xavier Hutchinson over Kayshawn Boutte. Boutte may be the better talent, but I'm going to go chase uh, a nice little connection to C.J. Stroud, and I think that that receiver room is incredibly piss-weak with the Texans. Piss-weak. Juju Smith-Schuster, I'm not saying he's a great receiver or anything, but I think that he can hold off Kayshawn Boutte for a little while from taking like the lead dog share of this group. You know, When I look at the Texans and I'm looking at – uh, what Nico Collins, John Mechie, uh, they brought in Noah Brown from the uh, from the Dallas Cowboys. I believe they also drafted Tank Dell, but I, I just feel like he's closer to more of like a special teams type of player, more of like a gadget type of usage. Where Hutchinson feels like a guy that you know at his size and his frame, he can be on the field every play as a rookie. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I do like the you know there, there's a if you know this is one of the way we talked about if Xavier Hutchin hits on his outlier outcomes can certainly be a target hog in that offense. With that, we're going to wrap it up here. We went through 24 picks. I hope you guys got some information. I I reserve the right to change these in the upcoming days because I think we're you can hold me to it, guys. As we as we get our more analysis and keep because I promise you this will keep changing a little bit over the next couple of weeks as as landing spots digested a little bit and we get a little bit more information. So. With that, if you wouldn't, you know, if you were still listening, if you could just pop over to Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, we really appreciate it. Just a like, subscribe, review, wherever you may be listening. Thanks for joining us this Sunday, everyone, and have a wonderful rest of your day. Let's go draft.